and welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things screen-free. My name is John Allen Turner, and my good friend sitting over there with the pocket square is Hal Edward Runkle. Hal, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm, um, weekly podcast. It's weekly now. It is. Yeah. Well, it was weekly for a while. And then we... And then it went away for a little while, because we got... Yeah, busy, and we were traveling Whatever. everywhere, and uh, and it was difficult to get us both in the same room at the same time. And yes. uh, yeah, it's weekly. I think okay. it's. I, th- I think we can say it's weekly. All right. It's mostly weekly, but that's a mouthful. That is. That doesn't roll off the tongue very well. Would you like it to be weekly? Yeah, it'd be great. <clears throat> I'd like it to be daily, John. Wow. Okay. Just have a daily show. That would be great. And this is what we do for a living. I for three could, hours an afternoon. I could handle that. Really? Yeah, I think so. See, here, so here's the problem, though, is if you're going to do daily radio, yeah. you've got to fit neatly into certain categories. Okay. You yeah, can, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the number one, one sure. is political. Yeah. With, uh, with Rush Limbaugh and um, uh, Glenn Beck yes. and uh, what's it, Sean Hannity, yeah. those, those guys. Those guys. Yeah, and, yeah, you gotta, yeah. and predominantly, you have to be right wing. Yeah, the whole yeah, it, Air it is America interesting that thing, uh, yeah, uh, that uh, that right wing super conservative guys uh, tend to own the radio, and uh, and and lefter people is that a good lefter lefter people mm-hmm. who are lefter than the writers um, uh, are on television. Well, yes, they are on PBS and they well, are MSNBC and, and, and um, uh, yes, and <coughs> some a lot of folks are, we know would say CNN. Yeah, and sure, yeah, sure. But obviously, uh, you know, Fox News has has quite a. Quite well, that's true. Yeah, I suppose so. Profound uh, place. And the personalities in... on there are very bombastic but, and dynamic. But certainly, yes. Predominantly, talk radio is oh, is conservative, right? So that's one category so you could, that you, you fall can get into, into politics. Yes, or um, or you can get into money. Oh, like Dave Ramsey. Yes, or Clark or Howard. Clark Howard here in Atlanta. Or uh, I don't know. Does Susie Orman have a show? I don't know. I don't probably know. she was on television for a long time. Probably. I don't know if she's. Um, or you could do um, call-in stuff, like relationship stuff, Dr. Laura. Dr. Laura. They, they still has her show. She's still on. She is still on, yes. They are not as popular as the others, but yes. Because I, I actually um, you know, dallied in that for oh, a while. Oh, that's right, you did. We had a show here on uh, News Talk 750, uh, WWF. Yeah. You and your wife SB. did that Yes, for, we together, did for right? a couple, couple of years, every Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon is such a tough time slot, but I suppose they put you there to see if you sure. can generate traction. Sure, they're not going to put me because I mean that's the number one station in the southeast. But then there so. are there are some uh, some folks out there who who kind of fit uh, similar to what we do. I, I don't know would Doctor Phil or uh, rather um, uh, uh, Doctor Drew, yeah, kind of fit yeah. a little bit in, in maybe, what we do. Maybe you know you've got the, the medical expert uh, yeah. guy and you've got the the host guy. I I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. It's just hard like to Cloud fit and in. Cloud and Townsend, they do. They, they do a daily thing, really. Is it Cloud and Townsend, or who's the other guys? Um, mm-hmm. Who are the? Oh, some people. They're on the Christian radio stations. Okay. All right. Uh, on the satellite radio, and it's mostly relationships. See, we don't. Call-in we d- yeah, we don't fit neatly into that. True. Yeah. And we we kind of cover all the others. It would be fun, I think. Yeah, and and. This kind of speaks to a little bit of the the stuff that that we've been doing behind the scenes here at Scream Free, trying to figure out kind of what our future looks like, uh, because we have been known, I think, mostly as relationship resource yes. people. But through things like this podcast and some of the things we've written recently on the blog, and well, some, we've been known as things. family relationship 
yeah, resource. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. We have not, while we have spoken personally, we've not produced materials about into the um, heavily into the education world or workplace the workplace world, stuff, even, even though we've both done those yeah, things. Yeah, and we did, uh, we did right. some leadership stuff, you know, last Together, year. Together, but we've, we've each done some things in those areas, but we haven't published any materials, right. and I, I think that that's going to change in the future. But it would, it'd be, it would be fun. I, I enjoy doing this. I, w- I think it'd be really fun if we had guests. Yeah, it'd I do too. It'd be fun if we had callers calling in. If we in. had uh, budget. That'd yes. Be good. <laughs> yes. That There's would no be good as we well. Do. Exactly. You got to have listeners first. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that does kind of come with the territory. You got to have, you gotta have yeah. listeners. We got to right. demonstrate that we can move the dial or the needle or whatever. You know, we've talked about one thing, and those of you who are listening, we would love to hear from you guys on this. But we've talked about doing a thing, you know, sometimes what we hear from folks is that they like that we give a window into how men think or right, yeah, can I to, think. I had someone at, at a church recently come up and say that she enjoyed listening to it because she said she feels like um, it's the kind of conversations that her husband has with his friends when she's not around. Mm. And I thought that was a, a, an interesting way of expressing that. Yeah, we and we toyed with the idea of calling it uh, something along those lines, the man the mandate. Date. Yeah, yes. that's right. The, the two play on two. So it's a, <laughs> it's a date date with men, but it's yeah. also a, a mandate that, that you got to yeah, you give you marching orders yeah, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Here's how to go out and be a man Conquer the world, the world and yeah. all that stuff. That, and we I mean, talk about that very, a lot, very those presu- kinds of issues. Yeah, very presumptuous for us <laughs> to be able to speak for... How men should behave, right? So, but if we're nothing if not presumptuous. Oh, that's for sure. Here. Sure. Well, you know, we we uh, invented a word, yeah, and called "scream free" and set out to make that word part of the Oxford the, English Dictionary. Exactly. Yeah, the, the vernacular that that it becomes synonymous with a way of being in the world. That's fairly presumptuous. Yep. And, and I, but I, I think what you're getting to is kind of ties back to the reason we do the podcast is because "scream free" was never intended to be a method of parenting. Mm, right. Right. Scream free. Well, is... I wouldn't say never. It was that was what it was in the beginning. There was not a. Okay, con- yeah, yeah, I yeah. was not really thinking about, about the implications, the broader implications of it, or, or I just wasn't thinking about taking it into other arenas right away. I was. Okay. I was clearly just about parenting for a long time. Well, scream free now has kind of evolved, and the way you and I both see it, it, it scream free is kind of a, a worldview now, and it has applications in your parenting, has applications in other relationships as right. well, dating or marriage or uh, uh, business applications. It ha- has, uh, so it, 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 it really is... impacts my dating quite a bit. Well, absolutely. okay, that's good yes. to know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all right. Because I have to be scream free <laughs> on the date and then scream free explaining the date to my wife. Right. Well, yeah. hopefully you're dating your wife. Yeah. <laughs> of course I am. Now, are, are again, you, she's not listening. So you, who cares? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, are you are you traveling uh, at all this week? Yeah, you, yeah where we, you, where I'm you going to Kansas. So are you? I'm you? going to Kansas as well. Yeah, we're doing the thing like yeah. where you go in and you're doing uh, one part and you're doing and another I'm doing part. Another but part. we're uh, we're ships, ships that pass in the night crossing. Wow. <laughs> are you excited to go to Kansas? Uh, second time in three weeks, baby. Absolutely. Ooh, and uh, Absolutely. yeah, I'm going in a, in a few more weeks as well. So I'll be back. So. No, you're going to Leavenworth in a few weeks. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, there's a there's a cool barbecue place near there that I like. 
Okay, yeah. He does rib. <laughs> we know where all the food rib is. Rib tips. In all these places. <laughs> does rib This is, tips. A, this, like, yesterday was beautiful here in Atlanta. It was oh, like it was 70 gorgeous. degrees, right? It was beautiful. Yeah, it's not going to be today that Today it's way. kind of junky and yeah, yucky, it's and it's, it's but, 45 and raining. Uh, but it does seem like we're uh, trending in a warmer direction just in time for us to fly places like D.C. and Kansas. And, yeah, uh, it's going to be like, I think when I wake up tomorrow, it's going to be like 10. 10 degrees. Yeah, something like that. Holy moly. Okay. Yeah, so it's just one of those things that you just have to prepare your mindset for it, right? Sure, sure. This is, sure. Uh, um, I, I was in D.C. over the weekend, and uh, it was cold. It was super cold mm-hmm. up there. It was uh, 35 and frozen rain. Mm. I sat on the runway on the airplane while they de-iced it for 50 minutes. And um, it, um, it cold just gets under your, my skin, personally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not what were you doing in DC? It was just it was my birthday weekend, mm-hmm. so I was up there visiting some friends. I was gotcha. originally scheduled to be up there um, uh, doing something last week mm-hmm. uh, for the army, and yes. uh, and I had in, I had uh, booked my travel to stay through the weekend and gotcha. booked some stuff with some friends, and then when that army gig got moved to later in the spring, I just decided, well, I'll just eat the ticket myself and go up and visit my there friends. There you go. So, um, so I was eating my way through the district and. Drinking my way through the district and seeing friends that I hadn't seen in a long time. Did you go to uh, what's that place that we we often visit? Oh, you don't like it very much. Matchbox. Matchbox. I, yeah, yeah, I wasn't a fan. Yeah. Oh man, I went I to Haleo, that. which is uh, Jose Andres restaurant. Um, I went to Clyde's. Yeah, so I I had good food. Jose Andres is a some celebrity chef. He is dude. a celebrity yes. chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing world we live in. <laughs> You Here's, said that you said that as if I were supposed to know that. Well, because our listener knows it. Okay. Um, whoever she is, uh, this is the thing that uh, I was thinking about though while I was up there. Everyone talking about the cold, mm. and I thought, well, it is technically winter, <laughs> right? <laughs> it is kind of <laughs> supposed to be cold, right? Why do right. we? We're still a couple of weeks away from spring. See, here's the problem: we so associate winter with Christmas season. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. We yeah. love winter. Then we even, yeah, we, uh, we just don't like it in February. There are even some songs that are not Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. They are songs about cold weather. Yes, and we only play them at it's Christmas. It's a marshmallow. Well, uh, Winter Wonderland mm-hmm. has nothing to do. Has with, nothing to right. do with Christmas. And yet we play it. So we love it in December, which yeah. is interesting because yeah. Christmas actually begins in December. Uh, winter begins. I mean, yeah, yeah maybe, December, sorry, sorry. Yeah, winter yeah, yeah. begins De- just before Christmas. December twenty first. Right, I, want, I want it to snow on Christmas week, and then and stop. then be spring. <laughs> That's what I want. But you wait, which means I need to travel to the Northeast for Christmas yeah. every year. Yeah, but here's here's the thing: you wait in August. People will be complaining. Sure, man. That we it want is fall. Hot. We want fall. Absolutely. Why do we complain that it is hot during the summer and then complain that it is cold during the winter? Because shouldn't those things be self-evident? <laughs> of course, it will be cold. It is winter. Of course, it will be hot. It is summer. Well, one of the, there's a lot of reasons why people complain. <laughs> yes. And this is what I want to get at. This is you what want I want to, to get talk at. What complain? Why do we? Yeah. We just, why do we complain? And of course, I'm going to begin that by complaining about the people who complain. Thank you. I, I see Thank the you. irony. Thank in Thank you that. for yes. at least being that self-aware. That's good. <laughs> uh, 
That is that is a gift. Yes. That is a gift that not not too many people have. I am aware of the fact that I am complaining about people complaining, and yet I don't like people who complain. But what you point out is the perfect uh, justification process that we go through. Mm-hmm. Because nobody likes to hear people complain. No. But, but everybody everyone likes to, likes to complain. And everyone likes to be heard when they are complaining. Well, you don't you don't complain to not be heard. No, you, you don't know? nobody complains in an empty house. Oh, I'm so tired of this cold. You wait. You store that up. But we this do, will be the conversation that I lead with when I get to work. When we train other counselors. Yes. And and I've been blessed to meet, you know, thousands of counselors over the last decade or so. Yeah. And one of the things that we uh, just kind of put out in the open is, look, we have to live with a basic reality that the people we're trying to help, along with everyone else on the planet, uh-huh. would rather complain than change. Yes. I would rather complain about the cold than Move go to a warm weather, more, location. Warm weather location or wear more clothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Just bundle up. But I don't want to bundle up. That's well, annoying, yeah. right? And it takes work and effort, so I'd rather complain yes. than change. change. But it's not just because change is hard. Change is hard, for sure. Yeah. It's because complaining has benefits. Okay. What are the benefits of complaining? Well, if you happen to share that complaint... Oh, now there's camaraderie. It's even... It, it's actually... There's a better word. Commiseration. Oh, commiseration. We are both miserable together. A community of the miserable <laughs> is what it is. It's a beautifully descriptive term. Commiseration. Community the, of, of miserable. Of the miserable. Yes. We get to complain, and you share my complaint, and yay, we don't do I anything. I hate cold weather. I oh do too. Gosh, yes, so now we bonded See? over our mutual hatred. And in this world, since the dawn of creation, we're where looking the, around the Creator for someone God that I can plug into, that I yes. can tap into. Even, even, you know, the Creator God said it was not good for us to be alone. That's right. So we need to share in the company of the miserable. Well, he should have just made you know, made it winter in the Garden of Eden, and then uh, yeah, they someone would have, would have bonded. Yeah, exactly. Well, what was amazing is, you know, according to that story, mm-hmm. we would have complained regardless. regardless. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Right. We will always find something, something about which to complain. Something. And because uh, I, it does create this sense of commiseration, it, sends, it creates a false sense of community. I mean, I it's, a, it, you know, me and you and uh, a couple of buddies, we get together over yeah, beers, complain yeah. about our women, and yeah. say, you know, can't, yeah, can't live with them, cheers, you know? <laughs> and we think we've actually connected on some spiritual level, because it feels yeah. in the moment as if I'm not alone in this complaint. So that's one of the reasons why we like complaining. Because it, it draws us together with this community of like-minded people. It, I think it also... Um, it gives us a, a sense of superiority or uh, sort of a pseudo-intellectual. Hmm. We think, we confuse uh, being critical with thinking critically. critically. All right. I think that's part of it, too. Okay. We can pass judgment on, oh, I can't believe he wore that, mm. or I can't believe she is like that. Well, that's that, the or, hipster creed, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure, that my identity is being uh, other than mm-hmm. whatever is popular. And so we <laughs> try to make that popular. Yeah, yeah exactly. In, in the end, it just eats itself. Sure. 
Sure. I mean, it, it's it's the it's basically adolescence where you're in this very very difficult time frame of trying to conform and stand out at the same time. Yeah, and I think it is um, it, the first step to being truly intellectually advanced mm. is a dissatisfaction. I think I think sometimes you have to go through a dissatisfaction with the status quo in order to make any kind of improvement. Well, that's true. I, I read this fascinating <clears throat> article about the mayor of Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you yeah, see yeah. that? I've, I've heard this. Yeah. This, is, this is really <laughs> a, a, a fascinating So many tidbit. problems facing L.A. Right, right. And so many Listing things that them have off. to get fixed. Racial from their divides traffic to, to traffic. The, right. their budgetary crisis. To, to, to you know, falling bridges and, and losing infrastructure. Losing industries to other states. Right, and, and, and high taxes and blah, blah, blah. Yep. Right, and the widening gap. Education. Of, and, and, you know, all yeah. those things. And they said, what is your greatest obstacle? And he said, the weather. And the, people thought, wait, what? The That's California, not, yeah. Southern California weather. Where it is weather. 70 degrees and all sunny year. All the time. And so you can get people locked into a room and get them riled up. You're right. Education yeah, is absolutely. a mess this is right a now. Critical we have mess. to fix this. And then they all walk outside and see that sun <sighs> and go... Oh, how bad can life be? And they can sit on a porch <laughs> of their, you know, 800 square drink, foot bungalow. Drink fresh orange juice. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. Pick the orange off yeah. their orange tree. Uh-huh. Right? You know? And it's it's hard to keep people it is. stirred up and dissatisfied. You ever but been is, to San Diego and oh stayed angry? Word. It is yeah, really it's hard. hard to stay angry. It is. Yeah. That's why I don't think I could live there. <laughs> I mean, too much happy. Too much, too much placid. It, it, I don't think it would be happy. It would just be... It would be a, um, I don't know, a general malaise. It is kind of gauzy. Yeah. Gauzy. Yeah. Wow. You, it just it, sort it of just the, seeps the, around you? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. Uh, now, I, of course, I lived there for a very long time. I grew up there. I went to school out there. And uh, even in college, you know, it, that view, that mm. sunset, that never... Oh, it geez. never gets old. You're freaking, you were, yeah, you were Pepperdine and yeah, Malibu looking exactly. at the, the o- and sprawling ocean. And every once ocean. in a while you come around the corner, and I know you're late to class or you, yeah. you, you've broken up with your girlfriend or whatever, and you come around that corner and you see the sun dropping into, or if it's a clear day, you can mm-hmm. see all the way out to Catalina mm-hmm. Island, and you just go, how bad can life really be? It's interesting. So, of course. the first step it, you know, towards accomplishing anything great is... The ability to complain about the status quo. Well, there there is an actual uh, an axiom in the therapy world that says nothing changes in a system until one person gets fed up. Okay, and the way I have expressed that in leadership uh, circles is uh, until the pain associated with maintaining the status quo right eclipses the pain associated with change. Sure, everything will stay as it is. Yes. So there has to be pain at some level, motivates us to change. Yeah. Call it dissatisfaction. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you have to become dissatisfied. In order to. But what we have been uh, trained to believe, what is, and also what comes most naturally and easiest, is to express that dissatisfaction to someone that usually has nothing to do with the ability to change <laughs> right. anything about it. Right, right, right. right. So, we complain about stuff to people right. who cannot resolve the issue at all. No, we, we because we're looking for someone 
to commiserate with first. And I, I think because that feels like I'm doing something about it, even though it's not. Well, and also with with commiseration comes some affirmation. I'm not Absolutely. the only one. Yeah, it's a sense of validation. It's a not pseudo, you know, pseudo validation. It's a, it's a little bit like the um, that Martin Short character. You know, the lawyer. It's not me. It's not me. It's not me. It can't be me. It's not me. No, he, he looks out at the audience right. for affirmation. It can't be me. Is, is it me? You're hearing this, right? You, yeah. you, 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 you're sensing this. It's not me, is it? Martin Short. We we look. For... I know you. I know you. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not angry at him. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone knows that reference, email us, hal at screamfree.com, and, and let me know. And dig a hole. But I we know I you. Did. I know you. I'm not, I'm not a strong swimmer. <laughs> but until Sorry. we get uh, dissatisfied with things, we won't be able to change things, but, but we end up staying in dissatisfaction and never... Moving towards accomplishing well, because anything. if I share it, if I share it through a complaint, and then you have some validation of that complaint, that's okay, right. So, You're so, right. It right. isn't we, you. It is her. Or it has it is alleviated okay. my sense of dissatisfaction a little bit. Oh, okay. That's that's a good insight. Right. So right I'm there. never. I'm yeah. not as motivated as I was before. But also now I ha- now I get to share the responsibility for having to do something about it. And what we do when we share responsibility is eclipse our own personal stake in it. So there is a significant difference between, I don't like this, what am I going to do about it, Right. on the one hand, right. and I don't like this, you don't like this, what are we going to do about it? Yes. And, and when I say, what are we going to do about it, all of a sudden there's a tremendous drop in the sense of urgency. And the first thing we do is say, we have to get more we in this. Oh, yeah. This. Let's, let's talk to other people. Let's form a committee. Yeah. Right? So I belong to a Facebook group of people against the designated hitter. Yep. We're going to get rid of the designated hitter in the American League. The designated hitter is a true American evil. Oh, I agree. Yeah. You and I share on that. Uh-huh. Right. I am not kidding about that. It is uh, it, awful, it is and it should be eradicated. Ruining it is the fabric of our civilization. Yep. Yes. All the Tommy John surgeries, I blame on the designated hitter. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, there you have it. Yep. So, um, we usually don't do as much as I. As I. Right. Uh, we tell the story in the Screen Free Parenting book about Rosa Parks, who, who sure. was quoted as saying, before the bus incident, quoted, she was a member of the NAACP in uh, Montgomery, and um, she was quoted one time saying, you know what, nothing's going to change until all the Negroes come together as one. And then she realized, ultimately, oh, that, that can't happen. That's a lie. Yeah. If you're waiting for that to happen, it will never happen. Nothing's going to change in our marriage until both of us are on the, Get same, on the same page. page right? Nothing's right. going to change with me and my kid unless we're both in agreement. Yes. And so I'm going to write out a contract yep. and spell everything out, and she's going to sign over here, and I'm going to sign over there, and then we'll get a notary. And, uh, and now... Which basically says, I'm not going to change my behavior unless I know that you're going to change your behavior. But I can't ever know that for sure. So no, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Which, which feels like I'm in the right when I do that. Yeah. So right? we're just stuck in this sort of detente. Yes. Because which was why the Cold War lasted as long as it did. I'm waiting on you to make a more vulnerable move than me. Mm-hmm. 
and vulnerable meaning change. Yeah. Because anytime you change, that is vulnerable. Yeah. Because you don't know what's going to happen as a result of that. You know what you have been doing, and that is familiar, even if it's miserable. Mm. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. And people right. stay stuck in their misery. Yes. Because, oddly enough, it's somehow rather comforting. It's yeah. certainly more comfortable than uh, venturing out into an area where if I behave this way, I have no idea how the system is going to respond, respond to, to this or right? react to it. So, you know, 99 times out of 100, I will choose unhappy over uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I will keep doing the thing that makes me unhappy because I know it rather than attempt to do something that is uncomfortable because it's so new and risky, See, I even though it has the chance of giving me happiness. I think those two phrases that we've used so far are connected. I think most people would rather be unhappy than uncomfortable. Right. Because then they feel like they have permission to complain without having to change. And take responsibility for any change. Right? And, you know, the illustration that I use oftentimes when I introduce that concept to the people that we train mm-hmm. is uh, last summer I was in, uh, I, I got the opportunity to go to Hawaii, to Schofield Barracks, yes. right? And so Honolulu. And uh, I went up uh, to the North Shore, and there's this food truck up there called Giovanni's. Have you mm-hmm. ever been there? I've been to North Shore, but I have not seen Giovanni's. Giovanni's food truck. Again, we're back to food. But uh, it's the kind of food truck that you look at and you think, I cannot believe that I am going to eat something that w- that is coming out of this place because it looks filthy. Nasty. But it is so good. They have mm. this shrimp scampi is mm. their big thing, and okay. it is fabulous. So uh, uh, all these uh, picnic Butter, tables. Butter, garlic. Oh, yeah, yeah, just dripping, dripping with it. So oh, good yeah. and giant these big prawns, prawns. yeah nice. yeah so what you do is there are all these picnic benches public seating out there mm-hmm. you go and you wait in line and you give them and and you uh, get your food on a little paper plate mm-hmm. and you sit down at these picnic benches and uh, you're just sitting around strangers so I'm sitting there and I'm eating my food and there's a couple next to me probably mid late thirties she is a, an OBGYN at Cedar Sinai in Los Angeles and he it turns out is a neurologist. Uh, at Stanford Medical Center. So a real underachieving couple here. Right. And she was over there doing some volunteer work, and, and he was just hanging out visiting her. We get into a conversation about brain chemistry because Stanford mm. is just, you know, cutting edge, uh, you know, in terms of the brain research that they're doing there. And uh, and we're talking about anti-aging stuff, and we're talking about memory loss and and uh, Alzheimer's and things like that and, and medications that they're trying to come up with to delay those sorts of, uh, you know, with right. Aricept and things like that. And uh, and he said, really? We're just guessing. Mm. We're just making stuff up. Mm. There are only two things we know actually work. You want to guess what they are? They're the same two things your doctor would tell you with any presenting problem. You have diabetes, Diet. you have arthritis, you have whatever. You, the same two things. Diet and exercise. Diet and exercise, right? Sure. Now, when you tell people that, mm-hmm. I've never had anybody say, wait, what, what was the second yeah, one? Yeah, let me write, write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows. We in 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 the uh, in the helping field, yeah. whether you're a, you know a pastor, or a counselor, a therapist, a social worker, we tend to assume that if people knew better, they would do better. Absolutely, it's one of the biggest lies in the universe. And so we think, well, we'll just give them information. I know it is better for me to fill this coffee mug with water, yeah, 
than my fourth cup of coffee this morning. <laughs> I know that to be true. I know it. I know it not just. Right. I, I, I know it not just intellectually because I've read studies right. about it. Right. I know it not just rationally you because it, it just makes sense in you know <laughs> inherently. Sure. I know it empirically. Experientially. Yes. yes. I have. I know what's you, going you to happen. You have felt yes. the, the byproducts, and yet. Coffee's good. Coffee is, Coffee right? is just the elixir of life right. and loveliness. It's great. There are all these things that we know. Because I would rather be unhappy mm-hmm. and jittery mm-hmm. than uncomfortable. Right. We know we should go to the gym. Mm. Uh, speaking of uncomfortable, yes. We know we should... Should walk 30 minutes a day. We should eat a balanced diet. A uh, Japanese proverb, a hundred steps after each meal leads to a hundred years of stepping or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We we know these things. Mm. And yet, we would rather be unhappy than yes. uncomfortable because then we can complain but what without s- having to change. And complaining feels so good. Oh, my gosh. It's a, it, it, when you're um, working with families... In therapy, and you got a whole family in the in the room, you know, mm-hmm. and a kid has been acting up, doing whatever. Sure, it should be gr- grades acting or out of school or delinquency yeah. or, or whatever it is, right? You know, and it's it's always fascinating when you get to the place. Of, okay, so what uh, what's dad gonna do when you ask this to the kid, but with the dad sitting there? So what's dad gonna do when you're no longer in trouble? Hmm. Because he, yeah, and it's and they don't yeah. have any answer for that. <laughs> They don't know what he's going to do because that's the only way they relate to one another. And so then the next question is, is better than no attention. Sure. Oftentimes, so, yeah. And so the question is, so uh, what are you guys going to talk about then? Mm. Right. And, and, and it's it gets all, uncomfortable. It gets very uncomfortable, right? We, so we are coming in, we're spending money, and 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 we're gritting our teeth and, and wringing our hands about Junior's behavior, right? Mm-hmm. But if Junior suddenly behaved. Then the usually what happens is mom and dad would uh, start to fight. Oh, wow! Uh, that's uh, that's a fascinating dynamic. Yeah, because there we have to do something with our anxiety. Yeah, and it's one thing they may be fighting about the kid. It's your sure. fault or I'm yeah. uh, whatever. And you're you're right. just too soft but on if, him. Yeah, or... but the kid if the kid behaves, it starts to take responsibility for his own behavior, and he behaves regardless of what mom and dad say. But he behaves because it's what he wants to pursue. Right. Right. And he sees a vision for his life, which is always the goal, you know, helping uh, the, the child learn to see that. Then mom and dad, their fights are going to change. Their fights are either going to change about another kid or another issue. About or, money or about politics or whatever. Or they're going to fight about themselves. Yeah. Which, which, which really is what most fights are. Yes. Most fights aren't about the other person. They're about me. And, and they're going to have a conversation about their own relationship, and that really makes them uncomfortable because it scares them to death. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to complain about a third party together, because that's one thing we know we can unite on, right? than it is to actually face one another and wonder uh, out loud what you've been thinking for a couple of years, a few years, am, am I ready to spend life without kids so is with it, this person? Is it safe to say, then, that a, just a good diagnostic test... For a relationship is, or at least a maybe a, a yellow flag mm-hmm. in your relationship is the first time, uh, rather than talking to one another about one another, you look for a third party to complain about, to commiserate, 
Over. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, the the one conversation we avoid is the conversation about our relationship. Right. Let's talk about you and me. I don't want to do that. That's I want to talk about, boy, that person. Ugh. Right. It's uncomfortable. Whether it's the person at work, the person at church, the person down the neighborhood. Right. You know, or or one of our kids. Because that forms what uh, is the basis uh, or the most stable form of a relationship between humans. It's called it's a, a triangle. It's called a triangle. Right. It's stable, but it's also destructive. Yeah, we like it because it's stable, because it enables us to complain about another person and connect with another person in doing so. Because uh, you and I, if we're dealing with our relationship, there's going to be tension. There's going yes. to be anxiety yes. over, is is Hal drifting I, further away? Is yes. Hal stifling me? Is he coming too close? Is he going too far? Is he? And, and as that anxiety ratchets up, I look for somewhere to throw that anxiety. Mm-hmm. And having a third person, whether it's a kid or a business partner or someone like that, yeah. I can throw my anxiety over there, and it relaxes things between the two well, of us. And what happens is we don't have to face each other, right? right? So no longer do we go toe-to-toe, but now we... Now we're we going shoulder-to-shoulder. Shoulder-to-shoulder, right, focused on the other person, mm-hmm. right? Which is difficult, very, very difficult, but... Um, it's difficult to overcome that because it means choosing to face one another mm. and look each other face to face and 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 speak. You know what? I don't like when you do that. Which, you know, for some people, they just heard. Well, isn't that just complaining? Mm-hmm. So, is there a role for complaining? Yes. So it's not like we're saying you should never complain. No, no. I mean, we we call them complainants. You know, in the oh, law yeah, system, yeah, yeah, sure. right? That's yeah. a plaintiff is a complaint. Someone right? who has uh, a has complaint. A, uh, yeah. Sure. Has but there, legi- sometimes there's a legitimate beef. Absolutely. Right? All, there's, all the time you have you can have legitimate beef. So when one person is fed up in a relationship, it's your duty to first confront yourself. Yes. Is this something that I need changed? Right? Is this something that uh, I cannot live with? And what does that say about me? Right. And ask myself those difficult questions, right? Mm-hmm. We kind of go through this in the, in the marriage book, this whole kind of calm down, grow up, get closer methodology, if but you will. But for some people out there, maybe they're not married, or maybe they don't right. think their marriage is in trouble or whatever, they miss this material. Same process. It's, yeah, it's the same thing. And that's right. what, what we were talking about at the beginning is this stuff doesn't just apply to your marriage. Mm-mm. It applies to every relationship you have. And the most difficult thing to do in any relationship you have is calmly address the complaint you have against another person to that person Mm. in a spirit that attempts to resolve that conflict and actually grow closer through it. That's a a big key important thing, because for, for people who just get sort of stuck in complaint, it's not about growing. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly not about getting closer to the other person. It's about being heard. Yes. Because that, that's another thing that we talk about in our trainings is most people don't want to be helped. Right. When someone comes and complains to you about something and you try to solve their problem, yeah, they, don't. they just come up with something else to complain about. Sure. Because they don't really want to be helped. They want to be heard. Right. They want to be acknowledged. Yep. And so oftentimes when we try to authentically represent ourselves to another person and address this complaint, we have to ask ourselves, what's our motive here? Yes. Do I really want this relationship to be stronger as a result of this conversation, or do I just want them to say, wow, you're right? Right. 
And so often, I will ask that in counseling with folks. So because so often when you're working with couples, especially the one partner just wants you to validate their position against the other partner. Yeah. And so I will ask them, so, okay, let's say I actually did that. Let's say I heard you tell your story, Mm -hmm. right? And I heard you tell your story, and I agreed with one of you against the other, (laughs) right? It said, I believe your story is more accurate and more justifiable. And so I turn to the other person and and I say, say, what do you have to say for yourself? Get in line. Yeah. Because you're wrong. (laughs) Does the fantasy that you brought into this session, at that point, say the other person then gets on their knees and say, my gosh, the scales have been lifted from my eyes. I can see clearly now because this this third-party professional has validated your position against mine. I now know not only was I wrong, right, but I, I am wrong. Yes. Right? Yeah. It, yeah. It, not it, only is what I did wrong, right, but, but I who I am wrong, is and I'm wrong. so thankful to have you <laughs> point that out to me. How can we get closer now that recognizing yes. that you're yes. right? How I mean, can I get closer to you because I don't expect you to move right. from from your because you were in the right position exactly, all along. You know? Exactly. But that is oftentimes whether you're uh, seeing a you know a married couple or a couple who's dating. Or oh, I've done this. Or, I've done this in a or, conflict dispute between business partners for sure. Same thing. You're still looking for value. Validation from another person. Oftentimes, when they come to see you, yeah, it was my experience at mm-hmm. least. One of them was there because they wanted to be, mm-hmm. and one of them was there because they felt like they had to be. Right, like they felt like they were shanghaied, and so they're stuck here. Sure. And the one who wants to be there spends the first, you know, however long, telling me everything he's been telling her. Of course. But that she won't listen to. Sure. In hopes that I will then say to her everything that he... Yes. But she'll have to listen to me now. Of course. So I got to get a third party who's objective... Right. ...who's neutral to validate... My that I'm, perspective. ...that I'm right. Yeah. You know? And, and that's, that's at the heart of so much of what we're complaining about is I don't necessarily want things to change. I just want you to give me permission to have my feelings and opinions in this space and time right now. That's what I'm searching for when I'm searching for validation. I want you to proclaim that I have a valid right to be me. Mm. And the difficulty is, after childhood, no one can do that for you. Mm. No one. And yet, no one can do it for you. You must do it for yourself. I go to churches a lot, uh-huh. and I will tell them, even God cannot validate you. Mm-mm. Because according to your Christian story, God has gone to great lengths to communicate to you how valuable you are, Yeah, and just on your own, how valid you are, and yet you still struggle with it. So maybe it's an inside job. Yeah, it has to be. And yet, that's hard. Self-validation yeah. is, it's the, what did we say the other day? We were talking about unicorns, uh, <laughs> Sasquatch riding on a unicorn. That's, that's what yeah, self-validation is. Yeah, Bigfoot riding on a unicorn. Yeah, a self-validating, Person. self-regulating right. adult is rare. A rare bird, yeah. right? It's what we all are striving to be. It's what we're striving to teach at Scream Free. It's, and... It's what we're most attracted to. Always. Oh, my gosh. These are the people that are genuinely the most transformative leaders in the world, or the people who, I do not need you to follow me. 
I want you to, but I do not need you to. Mm-hmm. That's Rosa Parks. Yeah. You're going to do what you're going to do, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I am dissatisfied with the status quo, but I am not going to allow myself to get stuck in dissatisfaction. Yes. Where, where I, all I do is observe and complain about right. the status quo. I'm actually going to change what I can change about the status quo. Yes. Meaning my part in it. Yeah. First of all, and this is what is, I think, one of the biggest hurdles, one of the things that keeps us from moving out of complaint into action. Transformation, right. And transformation is owning my part of it. At first, acknowledging that I have a part in it, and then owning my part in it. Yes, because complaining means... This isn't my fault. Yeah. I hate this weather. Right. I'm ready for this weather to change. Well, then why are you here? Right. You are here. And why are you Where the weather is like this. Exactly. You chose to be here. You could be somewhere warmer. Let's quote Dr. Seuss. His birthday was yesterday, right? Uh, That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your feet are yours. You can go in any direction you choose. You choose. Yeah, I don't remember. You've got some uh, feet in your shoes. Yeah, what is it? Something. Yeah. We're awful. Good <laughs> Lord. We should do research before yes, we get into exactly. here and press but it's, record. But his but yeah, whole yeah, yeah. message over and over and over is, look, you can go anywhere you choose. You chose to be here. It's your choice that brought you here. Now, yeah. you can say, well, I was born here, my job here, whatever. Yes, all of and which... And you have a, a say. A say in now. Yeah. You can choose to be anywhere you want to be. And you can choose to be any way you want to be. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the the constant challenge is asking myself, how am I contributing to the very problems I complain about? Mm. It's the healthiest question anyone can ask. And what do my complaints say about me? Right. What, what is it revealing about me that I expect it to be warm right. in winter and cool in summer? What does that say about me? When a coach says, man, I just can't get these players. They just don't get it. What does that say mm-hmm. about you mm-hmm. as a coach? Right. Well, my kid is just so, and she will not, right. and this is not, go- and she'll never. I just, I mean, I, uh, there's a piece on the online right now going around about the, the lies that teenagers believe, mm. you know, that uh, I'm not worthy if I'm not popular, yeah. right? And if I, don't get, if I don't get this grade, then I'm not going to go to college, Oof. you know? Yeah. Okay. And if you don't get it on the first try, mm-hmm. then you just don't have it. Right. So, yeah. Well, what role have I played in setting up those those lies as having any fruit? Mm-hmm. Right. How have I helped till the soil in my home in my relationship with my daughter or son, where that lie would even get past the first line of defense? Right. You know, where they don't easily and readily spot that as a lie. Right. Oh, that's ridiculous. Right. Because that's what we hope to to cultivate in our uh, teens is the ability to discriminate right. between complete you know, fallacy and something that is valid truth. And part of it just becomes because they know that my relationship with them, hopefully... They know. I think they do. Yeah. Mine do. Uh, completely transcends whatever their performance is. 
that, that my love for them is a bedrock truth, that, that is a love for their inherent innate value, mm-hmm. regardless of what they do or choose or, or, don't do. or say or fail, whatever. And that requires you to constantly ask myself, how am I contributing to the very problems I complain about? This is a, it's an unpopular question. It's an uncomfortable question. It is an amazingly healthy question. And it's the only question that can get you out of that sort of chronic complaint mode. Yeah. Um, so, okay, I catch myself. Like, I go through seasons of complaint, um, and I can hear it sometimes. Like, I can feel it coming on, you know, and then I, I'll... I'll uh, I'll catch myself. Mm-hmm. I have said I've just I've done nothing but complain mm-hmm. today. Well, uh, how? Uh, what advice would you have for folks who right now are kind of feeling like eh, I've, I've, maybe I've been doing that for the last you know season of my life? How do you get out of that? How do you get unstuck from that? First step: unplug mm. from your from screens just for a minute. What am I feeling right now? Mm. It's a simple exercise, yeah. right? I'm not saying meditate for 20 minutes a day, no, although no, that no, would no. be incre- yeah. incredibly valuable. But going from zero to 20 minutes right, right, meditation no. One is, minute. Yeah. One half a minute, right? What am I feeling right this instant? And if it's more than one word, then you have not identified a feeling. Ooh, that's good. A feeling is a yeah. word. Yeah. One word. I am feeling angry. I am feeling... Uh, Afraid. I'm free, feeling lonely. I am feeling hungry. Yes, I yeah. am. I am feeling betrayed. Mm. Right. Yeah. That that that's a, a quick wake up because the road to self management cannot happen without a clear identification of what I'm experiencing in the moment. And there's so few people when you just ask them, "Yeah, what are you feeling right now?" Yeah. So few people who are able to articulate it, mm-hmm. because we're not accustomed to well, We're not practiced yeah. at it. Yeah. We usually act out those feelings right. rather than name them. But just as the Hebrew story is so powerful about uh, Adam, the man, yeah. naming the animals... Right, which is established yeah, which his is, uh, ownership, or yes. yeah, and also, yeah. I mean, you name what you what you name, you can tame. Yes, right. It's a very it's an AA principle, but uh, you know, so many times what what happens in in alcoholism is you don't aren't aware of all the feelings. They're just so powerful that you have to numb them, all mm. the negative feelings, right? And so that's what alcohol does. It's a depressant of your central nervous system, and so it numbs the Whatever pain, feeling, the yeah. anger, the disappointment, the betrayal, the resentment. It numbs those. Now, the difficulty is it numbs all the good ones as well. Sure. You can't numb some. Right. That's the problem. Yeah. If we could pinpoint it and say, well, I want to turn this dial down and this dial yeah. up, but you alcohol can't. You turn isn't. the whole thing down. Yes. So it numbs everything. And so when the alcohol wears off, right, everything. All those feelings sure. come back. Right. So uh, naming, so they always say, what you name, you can tame. Just naming feelings. I feel angry right now. Mm. I feel upset. I feel happy right now. Sad is one of those emotions that, for whatever reason, we just we, we run away from. No, because anger uh, is a shield. Yeah. It protects you from sad. And, uh, and sometimes the only appropriate response is sad. Right. 
right? Depending well, on what what you've gone through, you know, or, or what your circumstances are. Um, I had a, I you know some people start very very kind of elementary. It's sad, bad, mad, glad. Yeah, right. The, what is, they're like primary emotions. Yeah, just like your primary colors. Name one. Yeah, right. Name one. And that what that does is it just helps you identify. Okay, if I were going to complain, what's the emotion that's going to push that complaint out of me? Because hmm. the complaint is I'm I'm fed up. Again, naming these feelings doesn't mean any of those feelings are bad or no, wrong. It's not invalidating right? them. Just, you have your feelings. It's just naming them so so that they're not controlling me. Yeah, I'm in control of them. Your emotions are good and healthy, right? Uh, but they're not meant to rule you. So, identify what you're feeling. They're excellent, uh, you know, the whole excellent servants and terrible masters. Yeah, That's what yeah, emotions yeah, yeah. are, yeah. right? The or prob- a caboose, I've heard, you know, because a caboose is actually a, a valuable piece of the train. But right. It's not, it's not the lead car. The best metaphor I have heard, and people are using this a lot these days, and it's coming out of brain research, but also mm-hmm. out of um, systems thinking that, that I was trained in, but uh, it, our emotions are like an elephant. Okay. Our reason is like the rider on top of the elephant. Uh-huh. Elephants, notoriously, cannot be tamed forever. Right. And that's one of the things they're learning right now. You can, is, you can yeah. tame a dog forever. You cannot tame an elephant forever. Right. You can take the elephant out of the wild. You can never really take the wild right. out of the elephant. So you can go and ride elephants, right? Uh-huh. But yeah. you do it long enough, there's going to be an incident. Yep. Because elephants are elephants, and <laughs> they have this horrible combination. This horrible combination of they are easily spooked, yes, and they are larger than they death, are enormous, yes. and and powerful, yes. yes. So it's a bad combination, <laughs> and that's the best way to explain yeah. emotions. That emotions they are large and and potentially they, destructive, unbelievably powerful, mm-hmm. right, and unbelievably easily spooked. Mm-hmm. So. The writer has some, some influence. I wouldn't say control. No, I would say influence. Exactly. If the elephant is tall, is is calm. It's calm. That's the thing. When the elephant is calm, then the writer has some influence. Now, I would introduce another element. Okay. And these would be kind of the trail. Okay. Yeah. So the sort of guardrails. Yes. Right. These are the choices that we make when the elephant is calm that can help us when the elephant gets spooked. Because our, our abilities to, in the heat of the moment, manage that elephant are not going to be very powerful. Right. But if we've set up certain, and forgive me for using the, the clinical term, mm-hmm. boundaries, mm-hmm. but these are not boundaries on other people. These are boundaries on, on us. us, right? Yeah. Right, so and anytime we try to enforce our boundaries on someone else, we've overstepped our bounds. Right, right, uh, because we're you can't set a boundary on somebody else. No, because you have no control over their behavior. Exactly, even a two-year-old. Right. Even when you're setting up a boundary for where the two-year-old's going to play in the yard, you're setting up a boundary for your response. response. Yeah, when you cross this line, then I'm going to respond. Going to be this, right? Yeah, I'm right. So I'm going to set up this barrier, but. You can still, if you start to push against the barrier, it's about how I respond to it. That's mm-hmm. what I'm setting up ultimately. Exactly. Right? How am I willing to step in and do this? And so that's what you have to do is you have to set up guardrails. So it can mean something like um, if I'm grieving something, mm-hmm. I'm not going to drink. 
Yeah, that's a smart choice. Right, or yeah. I'm not going to have more than two drinks in an evening. There you go, right? Yeah. Or I'm going to name feelings periodically through the day. Because naming the thing helps tame the thing. Mm-hmm. These are just different I'm things going I'm going to periodically to unplug yes. from screens of any kind and sit with my own thoughts and my own emotions, and I'm going to ask myself periodically, what do I really want? Yes. So, stuff like that, just simple things like that that can keep us from getting caught in this cycle of complaining. Because yes. complaining tends to lead to just more complaining. It's like a self-reinforcing Well, it, gets, it, it leads to even something worse, and it leads to resentment. Mm. And resentment is, as we've said, is like termites. Yeah. It's hidden and unseen, and but, it's not one of the big sexy problems that we think right. destroys relationships, but it causes far more damage than any of those big exits. It's the, it's the number one enemy of yes. marriage. Of, 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 any, of any relationship. Of any relationship, because yeah. what you're doing is I don't... I've com- Usually, I have complained about you to, to someone, someone else, else, and since that has no power to change anything... It just reinforces. I resend it through yep. my brain. Resentment. Right. Think the word itself, resent. Yep. And yep. that's what I've done, and then it grows, and then I can't handle it anymore, and it becomes the elephant when it gets spooked by something even tiny like a mouse, or directions, right? Yeah. Or, um, you know, a... Uh, an invite that didn't get sent out to your mother, or <laughs> you know, or a, a, a misplaced yeah. decimal point, or on, yeah. on the numbers, something you know? simple, or and a, then a disproportionate call. response yeah. reveals that I've got this reservoir yeah. of resentment deep inside of me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I still hope it warms up soon. Really? I'm, I'm tired of it being cold. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that springtime feel yesterday was quite nice. It was nice. great, right? And it, it alerts me to the fact that spring is just sure. around the corner. We're a right. couple of weeks away. Of course, you know they make jackets. Uh, yeah, that's true. They I make coats. Right here. I, they I they have, make scarves, yeah. gloves, yeah, that's true. I, undershirts. And I could always move somewhere warm. Hats. So. I mean, it's and amazing. When are we, we going to open Scream Free Hawaii? That's what I want to know. Really? Yeah, that's... <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things Scream Free. Two guys trying to figure out how to calm themselves down so that they can grow up, so they can get closer to the people who matter most. We'll talk to you more next week. Long (laughs) guns, wool socks.